Father, we want to thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your presence through your word and by your spirit. Speak to us in a way that we have never been spoken to before. That your words may reveal your thoughts and your intentions. And show us the way that we must walk with you. Bless us this morning to understand. Open the eyes of our understanding through the spirits of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. And we might see what we have to in this hour. And we give you all the glory, honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. A woodpecker flew out of nowhere and came onto a tree, as it normally does, to peck away. And as it was pecking away on the street, suddenly out of nowhere a bolt of lightning came and hit the same tree and broke it in half. And the woodpecker flew away, saying to itself, Wow, I didn't know I had so much power in my beak. <laughs> well, you know, like that stupid woodpecker, many of us think that we are achieving something in life by our own efforts. The truth is, the power is of God. Amen? And it is He who directs our steps. And it is He who wills the way we should walk with Him. And so we need to understand how this works in uh, God's understanding and what it is that He has written down in the Bible for us. And so this morning I want to share with you briefly about walking with God and what we need to know. There are over 200 verses in the Bible that talk about the word walk or walking. And most of them have got to do with walking with God. And so it might pay dividends if we get into the word and we begin to understand what walking with God means especially in these last days. And since there are so many connotations on it, I'd like to simplify it and bring it down to a few points. And I'd like to begin with saying that the first thing that we as children of God must understand when walking with God is that we are dealing with the supernatural. Which means that we are reaching beyond our fleshly senses, our education and our understanding to access God who is a spirit. And if we don't lay down this premise before we access God, we will not know how to walk with Him. And we will not know what His thoughts are toward us. There are several passages that I can give you in the Bible that talk about walking, uh, one of which is walking in the Spirit. Paul talks about it in Galatians 5. They were talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. They're talking about keeping his commandments, which is a way of walking with God. So I won't get into the numerous verses that talk about it, but I'll just give you a little bit of reference in that and I say that walking with God means walking with spirit. 
Walking with the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And so we have to alienate our flesh. We have to alienate our natural senses. And get into the realm of the Spirit. So that we understand the intentions of God in His relationship with us and His expectations of us as to how He wants us to walk with Him. One of the dangers is that we would attempt to bring God down to our human levels, our flesh levels, or our understanding. Whereas Jesus came in the flesh from heaven so that He could make us spirit beings to bring us up to Him. Hallelujah! That's the difference. Is that Christ comes in the flesh to take us out of the flesh into the spirit and then take us up to Him. So what I find that a lot of us do is we try to bring God down to our level. Our understanding. Our expectations of God. And God says, no, you've got to come to where I am. And there you will find me. Okay? John 12, 26 talks about that. That you may be where I am. Okay? There's a, there's a whole understanding that is associated with being where God is. So firstly, I want to say to you from the Bible, you know, about what is, what is it that we need to understand about walking with God? And what is it that the Bible reveals to us that we need to know. So there are two, I split it up into two, is one where it was pre-Jesus and then post-Jesus. So we see that pre-Jesus, people walk with God. It says that Noah walked with God, Enoch walked with God, Abraham walked with God, and so did so many others. They all walked with God. But in our historical understanding, of what the Bible talks about as to these people who walk with God, we need to understand how they walk with God and why they walk with God. And what was God's interactions with them. So Paul writes to us that what happened to the Jewish nation is an example to us. Amen? To understand the way God deals with people. So there's a pre-Jesus dealing of God with people. Now mind you, Jesus is in the Godhead. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So He has always been there. Okay? But the interactions were different. The manifestations were different. The way that God talked to His people and walked with His people was different to the way Jesus is walking with us today. And so we need to understand that. We need to come out of that understanding of how God walked with people before come into the understanding of how God is walking with his people today and how he expects us to walk with him today. Otherwise we might fall into condemnation. We might fall into a situation where we are unhappy in our walk with God. So that's the first thing you've got to determine is know the nature of God before Jesus and what it is that's happening after Jesus. Secondly, when walking with God, God seeks to know if it is that if we are walking in righteousness with Him. This is very, very important to God. 
Because there are many Christians today, or so-called Christians today, that say that they are walking with God but living in sin. I'm talking about open sin. I'm talking about knowing, knowingly sin. Example, living in unbelief. Or having unforgiveness towards someone. Walking in disobedience. God has told you to do something, but you're doing the opposite. Idolatry, which is also a form of witchcraft. So there are people who don't understand their involvement with God and they are participating in other things that have got to do with idolatry and witchcraft and calling it Christianity. And we, we, we really need to understand this because God wants us to walk in righteousness with Him. Hallelujah. Not, not in unrighteousness, but in righteousness. Not in self-righteousness, but in the righteousness of God. So, if there is an imputed righteousness of God to us, we have to understand what that righteousness is. Seek it and follow after it. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He's not saying only the kingdom of God. You've got to seek the righteousness of God. You don't simply receive the righteousness of God and then forget about it and say, I'm righteous. No, you can't become unrighteous after receiving the righteousness of God by the acts of unrighteousness. So we need to seek God and say, Lord, show me where I'm going wrong. See if there's anything that's not right with you that you're not happy about. So there's another form of walking with God is in righteousness. Thirdly, walking with God when His presence is unknown. This is an interesting thing. To, to, to discover that God is walking with you whether you know He's there or not. Now, on the road to Emmaus, Simon Peter and somebody else was walking down the road. They didn't know Jesus was walking with them. They thought He was a stranger. Their eyes had not been opened. So, you could have reached a level of understanding in your Christianity and Christ is walking with you in that knowledge. But also he is walking with you in a knowledge that you have not yet received, but is going to open your eyes to give. So he is pushing you in that direction. He is encouraging you to go in that direction of discovery. And it's only when you walk with God through not only the knowledge of what you already have, but wanting to know more. Getting into his presence and saying, God, I know there's more. I want to know more. I don't know what it is. Show it to me. And then it begins to come as a revelation to you. And you understand. The things you did not know before, you know now. Hallelujah. And God is walking with you in the unknown. Because the unknown can be both good and it can be bad. You do not know how many enemies are trying to kill you. My mother used to bring me up and say, you know, we have been given a word from God that there are enemies who are trying to kill you. This was long before I became a Christian when I was in the Middle East. She said, we are praying for you. 
So if they were praying for me and I was living a wayward life, who was keeping me? I know I wasn't keeping myself. So God was talking with me, even in the places that I should not have gone or things that I should not have done. God was there telling me, son, this is not the way to go. This is the wrong way. Walk with me in the right way. And I wasn't listening. But prayers were going up so that God could keep walking with me in his grace and in his mercy. People like Abraham and others, you know, walked in faith and trust with God and did not know the promises that God had given them. They did not see it. But yet they were walking with God and, you know, something was transpiring in that walk that was going to produce later on in, in their unknown walk with God the things that they had seen by faith but had not received in manifestation. And we've got to begin to understand why you and I are here at such a time as this. What is it that we are doing in the realm of the Spirit that we don't know anything about. But God is getting us to do it just by our presence, just by our prayers, just by the things that we are doing on the earth. We have to see as much as we can, like Abraham was, received, was able to see into the stars and see the vision that God wanted him to see. But he wasn't going to experience it 100% except for one in Isaac. We're living in very, very dangerous and difficult times. I find this place really hot. Somebody put the aircon up again. We are living in very dangerous times. We need to understand how to walk with God. God is not you know, to be mocked. He's not to be ignored. He's not to be in, in any way uh, undermined in what he's trying to do with us. He's got us on a journey because he wants us to understand his ways. <clears throat> Sometimes those things are very, very difficult to understand because it gets us into dangerous places. It gets us into very difficult situations. Fourthly, walking with God in his spirit so as to be protected from this world and evil attacks from the enemy and temptations. We have, if we don't walk with God, you are open to the attack of the enemy. Somebody wrote a letter to me because they saw our website. They're from Ireland, but they're from Australia originally. And said, we went into warfare over our area, our given area. Because we thought that's what God wanted us to do. And she said that she and her friends received incredible collateral damage. I wrote an article on that and I sent it around as to how to engage in warfare and why. 
We need to understand that when you are not walking with God and you engage or are engaged in warfare, you will suffer even if you call upon the name of the Lord. You have to understand this. That unrighteousness with God opens up doors for the enemy to legally attack you. Though he does not need only a legal basis to attack you, the legal basis only gives him a hook into you that is very difficult to get out till you are real released by God himself. So walking with God is very, very important to protect yourself, keep yourself from evil. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So the psalmist is talking about walking with God even through the valley of the shadow of death. Because we have an enemy who is interested in destroying us as much as he can. To remove us from the presence of the Father. That's his aim. That's his intention. Fifthly, walking with God in warfare is like Moses when he was sent to Egypt. Now he was a man who had left Egypt uh, by force, wandered in the wilderness, and now being sent back into the same territory that, were, that is an enemy's territory. And God said to him, I will be with you, go. You do not enter the realm of darkness and enemy's territory without instructions from the Lord. There was a pastor who went out to India in a village, I've shared this with you before, to start a church. And he found that there was there were no one coming to the church in that village. And he was plodding away, getting nowhere. So he decided that he would pray and say no. And the Lord said to him, Go into the Hindu temple that is there in the town. Do all the Hindu rites that they are asking you to do, which is to walk around the temple in a certain way. And then when you get into the inner sanctum, you will see a stone. He said, that's what they're worshipping. He said, then you put your hand on the stone and walk away. But don't touch anything else and don't do anything else. So he took his assistant with him and he said to him, just speak in tongues and we're going to do this. And they walked around and they came into the inner sanctum. He told the guy, you're not to touch anything, only me. And he touched that stone and he walked away. Next week his church was full. We have to understand. Engaging with God, walking with him in warfare is very, very important because that's where we're at now. That's where we're at now. And you and I are going to be called in a greater way to understand this relationship with God in order to win our victories. Our families are being decimated. Our children are being attacked and compromised. 
Our finances, our well-being, our health is being attacked by many people. Because the hordes of hell are marching in the knowledge that their time is close. And you and I must understand this warfare. And we must understand how we are related to God in this warfare. What are the main aspects of this warfare and how is it that you and I play a part in it is something that we have to understand. But if we don't walk with God, you know what I mean by that? That is, if you don't spend time with God, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't pray, if you don't seek to understand, if you don't put your hand to the plow, if you don't activate your faith, you are not walking with God. You're simply worshipping God in, in a direction that I don't know if it is even getting up there. Because the kind of uh, prayer requests that I get, the kind of problems that I face on a daily basis on behalf of other people tell me that somewhere along the way they have lost their relationship with God and they are not walking with Him. You can, you can have warfare whilst you're walking with God and the most horrendous things can take place whilst you're walking with God. But one thing you can be sure of is that you are covered. He's got your back. But only if you are walking with Him. Not all aspects of walking with God can be easily understood. But God requires us to understand what He wants of us. Some of the people in the Bible did not walk with God correctly and they lost their lives. People like Korah in the Old Testament. People like Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament. And the reason because they, they were walking with God up to a point, and then at a certain point, they walked away from it. And they started walking with their own intelligence, their own understanding, their pride, and you know, even Miriam, you know, got into that situation of trouble, you know, because she was, she was depending on her gifts and her talents. That's not walking with God. You, 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 as I said, you are engaging the spirit. The spirit of God is a person. He is like, he is right next to you. He's walking with you. He is intimately involved in your daily life. He knows your thoughts. He knows what it is that you are planning to do. He, he wants to be a part of you. But we oftentimes disengage him in order to engage something else. And then we say, let's get back into the vein of that walk with God again. And how many ministers around the world today are falling in, in such disrepute and you know the secrets that are coming out about what they were up to. It's just amazing. And they say, how can you be walking with God and living a life of that kind of sin or level of sin? And then I begin to understand that you know, the devil has put a veil on people, even Christians, good Christians, so-called Christians. 
And they don't understand, you know, why they are being targeted and decimated like flies. To live a successful and a joyous life in Christ, we must first of all accept the sovereignty of God. This is a big issue amongst people. It was my issue, it was my number one pride issue. That God dealt with very severely one day in a vision. Because I got arrogant with God, I got proud with God. I got angry with God. And he said, son, I want to show you something that you don't know anything about. Because I had assumed my walk with God. I had assumed that because he's my father, I can treat him any which way he wants. <laughs> Tell him, ask my grandson if he can treat me any which way he wants. You'll soon realize he knows who the boss is in the house. So Christians have failed in their relationship because of familiarity. We need to be able to understand the absolute sovereignty of God and not try to manipulate Him to suit our needs. See, the thing is, He can order our steps any which way He wants. He doesn't owe us an explanation for it. And he can just tell us that, you know, today, from today, this is what I want you to do, and this is what you will be doing. I said, oh God, I don't, I don't want to do that. Moses said, I don't want to go to Pharaoh. I don't want to go back to Egypt. Jonah said, I don't want to go to Nineveh. He said, well, you will be, son. Because I'm ordering your steps. And it may not align with how God gets another person to do something he wants them to do. The rich young ruler went to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? He said, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't tell anybody else that. He told that guy that. Because he asked. You know how many people come to me and say, oh, Pastor, I don't know the Lord's will. Can you please find out? And say, are you ready for it? Are you really ready for it? Do you know what the cost of discipleship is? Oh, we're too ready for gifts and talents. We're too ready for the fruit of the Spirit. We're too ready to show love. Till it is challenged. Till you are put in that place when your back is to the wall. I had a friend who was having an argument with his daughter about something she wanted to do, you know, and he was a pastor. And he was behind the kitchen bench top and he was arguing with his daughter and the pastor's wife was taking the daughter's side. Till finally he pulled out the drawer, took out a knife and he said, I will kill you! When your back is to the wall, you will be tested. Everything will be tested. 
as to your ability to stand in righteousness before God. Don't take it lightly. Accept the sovereignty of God. Accept the way He has called you, whether you have arms or legs, whether you're good looking or not, whether you have money or not, whether you're fat or thin or ugly or beautiful, accept the way God has called you. Because in His sight, you are something more beautiful than you can ever imagine. You haven't seen that person yet. The other you. You're only seeing a smattering of it. But if you begin to take your gaze off yourself and start looking at Jesus, you'll begin to see the other you. And the time has come for the church to understand what Jesus is doing in the midst of the church through the Holy Spirit. He has made us to walk with God in the supernatural. Today's world, the supernatural is more evident and important than ever before. Because he says, my words are spirit and life. Now if I bring you words that do not bring you life, what good is it? I'm just a clanging symbol. Somebody rang me from Malaysia a couple of days ago because they were introduced to me by my friend who said that they had demonic problems. He said, will you pray for this person? I said, okay. So this lady is a good Christian, loves the Lord, walking in the Lord, with the Lord, has gone to her mother's place in December who are practicing Buddhists who have given her life to the Lord in December. But demonic forces were attacking her. In February, the mother died. So hardly a couple of months, the mother died. She was 78 or 80 or something. Then the demons from the mother jumped on to this girl and she started having the same symptoms that the mother had. Because she had gone to the house and she had laid hands on the mother and then when the mother was not there in the room, she had attacked the enemy there, laid hands on the bed, done all that she had been taught to do in spiritual warfare, but had not been told how to protect herself. So she went here. So I prayed for her on the phone. And she was delivered. The next day I rang her up and I said, how's it going? She said, I'm almost there. I said, well, let's pray again. And she was delivered. So what was a 97% recovery on the first day became a 100% recovery on the second day. What is God doing in this church? He's engaging the supernatural for us to engage the supernatural through the Holy Spirit. Demons are supernatural. They're not natural. The devil's not natural. He's supernatural. And the, we've got to get this. We've got, you've got a problem in your, in your home. 
You know, you, you got your, your daughter's wayward, your, your, your money is being robbed, or your, some other attack, you're losing your job. Somebody's trying to take your property. And what are you doing? You're crying to God to act on your behalf. And he says, no, I have empowered you with my spirit. This is the new walk in the spirit. You act upon that situation. And you destroy the enemy. Chop his head off. Don't leave anyone. Don't leave him in one enemy. Knock the whole lot off. Engage with the spirit of God. Walk with the spirit. Walk in the spirit. And you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Hey, I'll tell you what. Every single one of us have got some lust in the flesh that's attacking us. We've been trying to deal with it. Trying to get out of it. We love the Lord. We worship the Lord. But we prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing has happened. So because you have not learned to walk in the Spirit. Paul's instruction to the Galatians was walk in the Spirit. Some people may say, oh, I don't even know there's a Spirit. Well, there is. The Holy Spirit. And if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you need to be walking in that power. You need to be taking account of your own situation, your own boundaries, and you should be destroying the enemy in the area of your life. So how far can I go to bring the enemy down? Well, maybe you can go as far as heaven. I can reach into America, and I can destroy an enemy in America. Because that's how much power God has given me. In Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10, he says, I have put my words in your mouth to root out and destroy and pull down. You know, the nations are going to listen to you because you are speaking into the realm of the Spirit. That's what God is telling us. Stop walking in the flesh in the church. Start walking in the Spirit. The pastor will have less to do and you might not have to pay him. Listen, folks. We're going to get involved in a very engaging warfare very soon. It's, going, it's already there. It's worldwide. You better get ready. Thirdly, walking with God produces life, not death. If in the things that you are doing while you're walking with God, you find dead things, stop. Examine your own heart. See if there's something that's stopping you from receiving life. I'm not talking about natural life. I'm not talking about healing. I'm not talking about deliverance. I'm talking about the life that comes from Christ in you. Whether you are still plugged in. Because if you plug in an object into the socket to make it work and you haven't put the switch on, that object is not going to work. You have the object, you have the lead, you have the power, but it's not going to work because you haven't put the switch on. Make sure you're connected to Christ. If Christ be in you, then you have life. If Christ is not in you, you don't have life. Somebody asked me, what is the assurance of salvation? I said, Christ in you. 
Oh, they want to quote me by grace and you say through faith. Yes, brother. But that's the methodology. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, yes. The methodology. But now the Holy Spirit is in you. He's life. The Spirit of Christ in you is life. I want to. I'm starting to get so much scripture on who the Holy Spirit is. It's unbelievable. That I have not seen all this before. And I'm beginning to understand things that I have not understood. Walking with God produces life, not death. So, overall, what is working with God? Basically obeying His Word. Following His commandments. Receiving His instructions by hearing in the Spirit. And He said, oh, no, 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 no. No, I know the Word. You don't have to tell me, you know, I'm going to walk the way the Word has shown me. And then you get into legalism. And you get into doctrines of men and devils. And then you get into all manners of evil situations because you are now manipulating and telling people out of your knowledge of the word which has got nothing to do with what the Spirit of God is revealing to us. He went to meet the Samaritan woman at the well at Saicha and he said these most shocking words to her. He said, you don't know who you worship. They that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I said, God, how much have I worshipped you in my flesh and in my knowledge of the word that I have not understood what you are talking about? He said, fair bit, son, a fair bit. Oh, God, help me, teach me how to walk with you in the spirit. It is in the process of walking with God that a Christian can either make it or break it. Many are backsliding, they're moving, they're, you know, because they're more concerned with the world. One of the key aspects of walking with God is in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Let's just have a quick look at that. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. God is speaking to his people. And he says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? Wow. <laughs> They say, God, why are you saying that to Amos? He said, look at verse 2. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Wow. You mean you're not going to punish the heathen? The Gentiles? No. They're already condemned. I'm going to punish you. Say, wow, Lord, you mean to say, I need to get my act together here, get, get in agreement with you. And why should I get in agreement with you? Because when I agree with God, it is done in heaven. Mm -hmm. Amen? 
If you go to 1 John 5, which my wife spoke about this morning, there is there is a true agreement. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in heaven, and the Word, the blood, and the water. Uh, the, the Word, the blood, and the Spirit on earth. So the Word, the blood, and the Spirit on earth agree with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in heaven that the one who died on the cross is Jesus, the right one. Because many are saying that they are Jesus. Because many are coming with all manners of ideas about Christianity and religion, religiosity, but they don't have the substance, they don't have the truth of me being able to handle Jesus. John says, I handle Jesus. I want to handle Jesus. I want to meet him. I want to hug him. I want to kiss him on his cheek and tell him that I love him. He's so real. I want to handle him. We, we, are, we are living in some sort of vague Christianity most of the time. You know, he's out there somewhere and one day we'll get there and the angels will come and take our souls and we'll go to heaven. He's here. Walking with God. He's talking to Amos about punishing him. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, 12, and begin at verse 5. Hebrews 12, verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if he be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you illegitimate and not sons? Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which correct us, or corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? When I crossed the path with Father God, He gave me a vision, showed me who I exactly was. And then He said this to me. He said, now I'm going to teach you as to who I am. And I'll tell you for the next five to seven years it was like someone was peeling an inch of my skin off me every second. And I said, wow, God, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm teaching you who I am. Because you've taken it for granted. You don't know who I am. You've got some image of who I am. But that's not who I am. It's your image. It's what you want. But that's not who I am. Then why aren't you doing that to someone else? He said, because above all, I have known you. You are my family. I don't know them, but I know you. You're my family. You're my son. 
I thought you're supposed to love me and take care of me. Hey, hey, I'm doing that, man. I'm teaching you. Don't you teach your children because you love them? Don't you show them the way that they must walk because they're your children? Don't you admonish them? Don't you occasionally use a bit of a stick to sort them out? Shh, don't tell anybody that. <laughs> Why? Where did we get that from? Obviously from the Father. And so God loves us but corrects us. And because of God, the journey can be vastly different with each one of us. You know, as a pastor, I meet so many people from here and around the world that I want to minister to. And I say, goodness gracious, God, what a mess of noodles. And he says, yes. He said, just imagine what I'm dealing with. And I said, okay, I understand. And so the need, the need in the last day is to understand your call. I want to tell some of you in the church today, you have not accepted your call. You're fiddling around with it. You know, the commission that God gave me was to come in and raise war horses. War horses. But so many have fought me every step of the way. Because they're scared. They're scared of accepting their mental. And some of you are here have not accepted your mental. Because you don't know the, you know the fear, you know you have fear. And I understand that. I'm not condemning you. I understand that. I have fear too. But God's going to do something in your life that's going to change it so dramatically as you seek Him. Okay? It's, sometimes it comes out of a non seeking. Like, Apostle Paul, when he was Saul on the donkey, got knocked off. He didn't seek. He got hit. He was seeking the wrong thing. He was seeking the law. But then he came to Jesus and he began to walk with Jesus. And then he understood what that journey would cost. As, as little as he knew, he understood. God did not call him like Samson. God did not call... Apostle Peter like he called Apostle Paul. He called him differently. He did not call you like he called me. And your call can change today to something else tomorrow. You could be a prophet today, you could become an apostle tomorrow. You could be a teacher today and you could have three other mantles put on you by God because he decides that he wants you to have it. Did Elijah fulfill his destiny? Why? Which was? Elijah. Elijah didn't fulfill his destiny. Because he got taken up to heaven. His destiny is not over yet. 
He is one of the many two who did not die according to the word of God. He's coming back. And the spirit of Elijah has been with us through John the Baptist. He's been working in, in us and through us. And now the personification of Elijah the prophet will be coming to fulfill his destiny. You and I don't know, right, whether we'll be taken up and brought back, but we do know that we were pulled out of the earth and the world and the devil to become Christians in the kingdom of light for such a time as this. Our destiny is to fulfill the call of God on our lives. And if we reject it, if we keep fighting it, if we keep saying we don't want it, take it away from me, you're not walking with God. You're going to end up in trouble. And I'm saying to you again, there's some of you here, you haven't accepted the call because you... See, uh, I was talking to my uh, friend the other day, and he said, look, you know, these are the things that happen to a person when God calls him. He said, yeah, we receive it by faith. He said, not yet. Not yet. There's something coming my way that I have not fully received yet, but I'm waiting upon it. Because the enemies are trying to take that away. They're trying to take it away from you. They've got you diverted. They've got you sending, sending you in 20 different other directions other than the pathway that you should be walking in with God. And it scares you. It really scares you. Bible says a man will stand or fall before his own master. So I'm not judging you. I'm not saying, you know, I see this in you and I judge you. No, I see this in you and I'm trying to promote what should be of God in you. And I saw this guy moving in power. And I said, Lord, this man is moving in power. I said, how come I'm not moving in the same power? He said, because you don't believe. And because you don't want to accept the truth. Because you've got 3,000 theological questions before you will accept it. Ask George what happened to him when he came with me to Mauritius. Ask Chris what happened to him when he came with me to Mumbai. They, they, they didn't think they obeyed. And the power of God hit the place. Ordinary vessels. Changing circumstances, countries, people's lives. And, and, and their own lives are being changed because now they accepted it. But you know, when you come back, you need to keep accepting it. You can't hide. You can't go back to the thing you once knew. You've got to accept what God has given you. And only then, only then will God honor what He has placed upon your life. You've got to be hungry. You've got to be thirsty. You've got to seek after God and not worry about this, that, and the other. And say, God, you know, what about all this other stuff? 
There's so much more I can say to you about walking with God. But one thing I do want to tell you is that in the last days, you're going to have to, you're going to have to. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. Otherwise, you're not going to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. This is serious business. Serious business. It's into eternity. It's into judgments of God. It is into rewards of God. It's into the understanding of why He has created you and given you life and put you on His path. That's the singular most important thing you need to find out. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I told my wife when I met her, I said, I'm a man of God, I live by faith, I travel the world and preach the gospel, and I have no money. If you want to join me, you're welcome. I want to marry you, but that's the condition. That I will be first about God, Second about you. Is that right? Yes. Has it been true? Yes. And I want this church to be first about God. First about God. And you will be blessed beyond your wildest imagination. I've been getting so much revelation recently. I've been seeking the Lord. And I've been saying, Lord, I need more. I need more. Can you come up, brother? I need more. I don't want to come to you with my preconceived ideas. One man cried out to God and he said, Lord, I want to see you. I want to see you. And he kept at it for years. And one day he was in his room alone and the Holy Spirit walked in. The person of the Holy Spirit walked in. And he started becoming intimate with this man. And this man couldn't handle it. And he kept backing off as the Holy Spirit kept coming closer to him. This is the person of the Holy Spirit. He's in the room. Till this man reached the, bar, the wall and his back was to the wall and he could go nowhere because he was in the physical. But he was experiencing the supernatural encounter. And the Holy Spirit was loving on him and becoming intimate with him. And he got closer and closer to this man till this man finally cried out. And he said, God, please stop. If you don't, I'll die. The Holy Spirit. Is much more real. Than you or me. 
meet, to go to heaven to meet. Don't make him into a gift or a fruit and then forget about him. When he convicts you and talks to you, he says, don't talk to me. Still that voice, I don't want to hear it. What you're doing is rejecting him. What you're doing is putting your priorities above what he wants for you. Today maybe you need to examine your heart as to where you're at. Whether you're walking righteously with God. Whether you understand where he is at with you. And what his expectations are of you. And what it is that he wants to do with you. Maybe change a nation. Maybe change the southwest corridor. Maybe take you from here to another place and change that place. I don't know. But there's something that God wants to do with you. And you need to surrender. No matter how long you've been a Christian. I don't care. I don't go to God with my accolades and say, Lord, all these things, you know. I don't want to be like the woodpecker. This morning, I want to call you out and say, yeah, I'm ready to accept my call. I'm ready to accept the mantle. Let's stop fooling around. Because I'll tell you, the time is very short. Very, 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 very short. We're seeing signs we never thought we'd see. We don't even understand it half the time. But it's there. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. You'll just walk past. You'll just walk past. As much as he loves you, you'll just walk past. Come. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you this morning. Die to yourself. I'm ready to die to myself. Because I'm so hungry for what he's got there. And this. It's, it's just a decision. It's not necessarily a manifestation. They don't carry a lot of weight as long as time goes by. The decision does. I can tell you that that some time ago made that decision and she's Change woman. I've known her for seven years now. She's how old are you? 80? 24? How old are you? 80. So a couple of years ago, I said to her, God got something wrong for me. And she has discovered it. I told someone else, stop fooling around. I said, You are in great danger. Jesus visited that person in the kitchen. And that person going into the supernatural and then threw it away. No. There's no retirement. Sorry to tell you that. There's no retirement. See, Renee, it's something God has got for you. It's so powerful. Anything else you use just one person, what I think, hey, one person is not going to spend life in hell. 
เจอร์ยินดีมากเพิร์สยินดีทวีลไปเชนจ์ตัวเองยินดีมากถ้าคุณเชื่อใจมากถ้าคุณเ
Heavenly Father, touch your children this morning. The only thing that I ask this morning is you reveal yourself afresh to them. That they will never be the same again. And that from today on the barriers that have withstood them, have stopped them from understanding your presence and your power in their lives I cancel in Jesus' name. And I thank you that from today they will rejoice in the knowledge of what you have purposed for their lives. And if it doesn't match somebody else's, I know, I know that your plan is perfect. That it is perfect. Pour out your spirit now, I ask. In Jesus' name, the grave will be the portion for your children this morning. And they will never be the same. He's here, folks. Just open your heart. You don't need me. You need him. Just open your heart. If you have to repent, repent. If you need understanding, ask him for it. If you need his help, ask him. Fill your people. Fill them fresh. Come. Easy. Just don't pray. If you're praying, you're blocking your feeling. Just open your heart. Fill. Fill the Lord. Fill. Fill the Lord. Here he is. Here he is. He's here.
seen your heart Lord touch show about your path thank you
He has taken it all on the cross for your sin. Let it go. Be happy. It's not Release the full potential. I have made you a warrior, says the Lord. Not a warrior, but a warrior. And I have put my 
Beyond your wildest imaginations, you are blessed. From today, the Lord opens a new door. That's your son. It's not of your doing, it's mine. None of it has been your doing. It has always been me.
soul. Let it be known in Jesus' name. Breathe.